0: welcome to another episode of the Run Local Podcast, where we invite guests across the spectrum of society, including elite athletes, industry experts, community conduits, local legends and beyond. We utilize the sport of running to learn more about these individuals, their local community and what they're doing to change the world. Josh, you're not going to believe this, but today we have a sponsor of the podcast, maybe oh, our first wow. in like six months. Today's podcast is sponsored by Pacific Ridge Builders. So a special thank you to my friend, Thomas Newman. He's the CEO of Pacific Ridge, uh, not only sponsoring the podcast, but all of our Run Local events uh, this year in 2021. They, uh, they're they an amazing company. So they're, they're not only spo- supporting us, but they're supporting all of our charity partners. So Pat Tillman Foundation, uh, our Shamrock Run and, and their charity partners, and then also the Silicon Valley Education Foundation. So Tommy Newman, Former runner from the University of Oregon and uh, a bar star in Los Gatos, California, uh, opened up the checkbook and is supporting Run Local events. So if you have a couple million dollars lying around and you want to build a com- commercial uh, office space or something, Tommy's your guy, Josh. Tommy's wow, your guy. Yeah,
1: I'll take a look in the seat cushions right here, the, the couch cushions. if <laughs> I got a couple mil floating around. Uh, could be, a, could be a, a, a tad short, but so, man, that's great about, news. Right? It's great yeah, to have him on board.
0: yeah Yeah. so tommy welcome aboard it's great to have you but also on board today even more important than tommy is our guest mr bart yasso the mayor of running is here today bart welcome to the podcast
2: hey thank you jt and thank you josh thanks for having me run local events i just that just has a nice ring to it i love it i like it
0: well bart we're breaking our uh our our white guy uh I don't know. We're we're trying to not have too many white guys on the podcast because Josh and I fill that quota way too fast. Uh, but yeah. you, you're a special. You're a special exception. We have too many stories, and we have too much fun talking together. We had to have you on.
2: All right. Well, I like the idea of diversity, though, too. But we yeah, can be uh, age diversity. I have you, guy, <laughs> you know, senior citizen, Medicare oh. carrying card, senior citizen that I am. Uh, oh uh, I, thought talking, I thought you were talking
1: I thought you I thought you were talking about me but uh yeah, I, no I, I I hear what you're saying <laughs> Bart you know a lot of folks are are wondering uh you know when we bring guests on uh, who exactly our guests are and JT and I always really enjoy just uh letting you uh give the give the snippet about uh you know what who you are what's your story what's uh sure. what's what's Bart Yarso all about
2: Yeah so I started running is a little over 43 years ago. Went out for a mile run just because I wanted to change change my lifestyle. I didn't want to hang out in bars and smoke powder with my buddies forever. I thought I better really get in shape and do something. Uh, luckily, I was my you know young guy at the time, and went, I literally went out to run one mile, thinking you know that's a long way to run, but I thought it would get me in shape, and I made it one mile. I I really wish I could have taken a selfie of myself back then, and oh, as you guys know, we didn't they do selfies in, in 1977. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but because I look like a mess, man. I had long hair, scruffy beard, Budweiser T-shirt, cut-off jeans, belt, keds, tube Whoa. socks. See, <laughs> <That's,
1: laughs> um, it, <laughs> so it's that, pure pure sex appeal, Bart.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that, you could. Uh, it was a brutal looking photo if it would have been out there but uh you know but who could i could never imagine where the sport would eventually take me so i did that mile which turns into two miles which turns into three miles and running twice a week turns into three times a week turns into five times a week you guys know the routine and and then my brother my older brother george challenged me to a race uh 41 years ago and that was it once i did a race i was hooked i was hooked on the running because i just liked being outdoors and i could see i was getting in shape i could run faster and long further and you know it was just fun to do and i wasn't thinking of you know running races and then my brother challenged me and that was it i got hooked once i did that first race it just been ever since that day. What was that first race part what, what, what it's the what? local 10k race and i thought you know I, you know i went out way too fast got in over my head on those first two miles and then struggled in the middle part of the race and then finished pretty strong but my brother beat me and that really lit the fire and uh and then like i'd say about a year later i did a couple races with my brother like 10k races and i could spot them five minutes and that would be the you know, we'd go even up from there or whatever bet we had. So it was uh I got serious about running and really got out all the books and magazines and got serious about it. And then uh ended up working at Runners World magazine for 31 years, which was fun. And uh, you know, the thing that's what I did for a living was run and uh travel the world. really I always told people when I was out doing long runs, you know, doing twenty 20 and 22 mile runs back then we didn't do group runs that was a rarity i'd be out there by myself and you know getting these pipe dreams in my head you know i could get a job in the running industry and end up running all over the world and travel all over the world like you know you know it was a dream my dream (laughs) actually came true Uh,
1: uh, it's
2: so such a rarity but uh i had a great run at runner's world you know the last i don't know last 12 years i was there i had the title of chief running officer which was a great title and just a great so, gig you know i absolutely loved it they actually if you can believe this like, they actually created a job that fit my personality which also fit what runner's world needed and from there it just was uh just a joy and i'm still running i mean i uh i retired from runner's world in 2018. i had some health problems with lyme disease and stuff, but I, but I'm still running and, uh, you know, I'm a lot slower than, I run a lot slower than I used to. I run a lot less mileage, but I never lost the joy and the passion. I absolutely love it. You know, and it just keeps me active, gets me out in the outdoors. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it, it you know, I just, I, when I think of all the places I've been doing races at Mount Everest Base Camp and in the Arctic Circle and Antarctica and africa wherever i was i just to think that running was the vehicle that took me to all these places uh that's why i use that tagline never limit where running could take you physically geographically emotionally spiritually it's a powerful sport just get the most out of it over the time you're running and think about being a runner for life that's so that's that's my story i'm still out there
1: it sounds like it sounds like it's not the book's not complete yet. I mean, you've got you've got yeah. some more adventures on the horizon.
2: Yeah, I I really don't want to travel as much as I used to. Travel really uh, wears me out, to be honest. Uh, you know, I never even thought about traveling I just went from one plane to another, flight to Australia, back to California. Next thing I know, I'm in Iceland or you know wherever. It it, it didn't phase me. I just traveled <laughs> nonstop. But I for health reasons, I can't do it anymore. So I really. Pick and choose the races I go to, uh but yeah, the book's not not completely over, but I just can't do the rigors that I used to, and that was the main reason I retired i just uh, I was old enough to retire, uh, but I really just physically couldn't do what I was used to be able to do uh you know and, uh, and I just didn't want to do my job half heartedly, so I thought, Man, someone else would love this job, I'm gonna just push myself aside and move on love it, uh, it was but the right thing to do because it did help me out. You
0: talked about how Runners World kind of built that job around you. You know what I mean? It was kind of yeah. like a it was a dream job. But there's right. I feel like you, you built the job at Runner's World because I've seen you at expos at the Quai Marathon, at Boston Marathon, at these things. Abby, Abby Burfoot even mentions it in your in the foreword of your book, um, right. Your Life on the Run, talking about how you might have the most Expo endurance of any human. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Times. People,
2: who, the people I worked with out there, they were you know in some of these settings I was in. After one hour, they like, oh my god, I gotta go lay down. I'm like, go lay down. I'm gonna be here another ten hours going strong. Like I, I i don't know. you just have to have that endurance and like being around runners. Uh, yeah.
0: You know, it's obviously natural. You 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 yeah, can't fake uh, that, right? Like you see no, some people in expos and they're like they're looking at their watch and you know I, yeah. when, when can at i get out of ceiling. here <laughs> yeah
2: looking at the ceiling or looking at their watch or yeah, yeah. acting like they just dropped something uh, yeah i've seen that a lot i worked with a lot of people like that well, we
0: all have but you're in them. there with the runners you can people come up to Run. you and hey bart what's up jose you're, and then you're like how was that ultra marathon last year and i'm like the heck does he still remember all these
2: people yeah I was very lucky. I got this photographic memory and I can remember people's names and you know they say something to me and 7 years later I remember exactly and uh yeah. I'm kind of losing that I think whatever chip I have up there is is full. Uh you I maxed out. Yes, I maxed out. out not as good brain. as I used to be. But I really <laughs> could do that years ago. I actually scared people sometimes because they even remembered like their dog's name and stuff like that and they're like whoa now wait a minute how, how do you remember that stuff i don't know just one of those one of those things i had you know when i i did two bike rides across the united states i did two solo bike rides across the u.s west coast east coast and somebody asked me after i got back from one of the trips they said oh could you like retrace the steps i said retrace steps i could do it in my head every turn i took and everything and they looked at me like i was crazy so i gave them the cue sheets that i used to have and i said okay i'll go right from west to east and you tell me if i screw up and they were like He remembers every road and every turn. (laughs) I just had to do it chronologically and I actually could do it. It was pretty- That's uh, pretty cool. When you would do those- I scared myself when I did that, that I could actually, I think I scared up one turn in like Iowa or something like that.
1: (laughs) That (laughs) It happens to all of us. Honestly, Iowa's like that, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, there you go, I blame it on Iowa.
1: Yeah, it's it's like, it's one big vortex.
0: (laughs) <laughs> That's fun. Mark, when you would do that bike, the bike rides across the US, were, yeah. you just, were you cruising or like were you in a hurry? Were you trying to get through it? Well, I was doing like, like
2: 170 miles a day and I had packs on my bike because I was solo. Yeah. So it's not easy doing 170 miles a day when you're only riding in daylight hours and you got two packs on your, your So butt. you're moving. So, yeah. yeah, you had to move to, you know, to, to make sure you could get the mileage in. To get to the hotel at night but but i also took it all in too i was never i never felt i was in a hurry or racing across the yep. country but i do remember this when i was in cody wyoming uh i arrived at the hotel i made all my hotel reservations in advance because that was my carrot to get to the next place and i remember i got to the hotel, i'll get off my bike and you know you look like crap when you're out in the sun all day getting beat up and on a bike for whatever 12 hours and get <laughs> yeah. off on my bike and i get to the hotel i was so so excited to get a shower and change and and then i see another guy with a bike and he's got packs on his bike and i'm like dude you're riding across country he goes yeah i said so am i so i changed and i come out to talk to him and we're like best buds we're chatting well, away great and great we're experience. comparing yeah we're comparing <laughs> roads we were on and towns we went through and we realized we're basically doing the same route. And he said to me, when did you leave? I said, I left on Monday. And he goes, I left on Monday. And I'm like, how did we not see each other? Well, <laughs> it turns out he left on Monday before I left. So he already had an extra week in there when I told him, oh no, I just left, left last Monday. He was like, dude, he didn't even <laughs> wanna to talk to me anymore. You were crushing that. I was doing like 175, I guess he was doing you know, 75 or 80. Yeah.
1: And turn he uh, he turn around and go home. He's like, I'm he, done. No, Check it was,
2: out. <laughs> I told him he was winning because he had basically the whole summer to go across country. That's Spend cool. I'm being a tourist. I had that 20-day uh, window to do it all and get back to work. So it was, uh, was- I did it, I'm telling you, it is athletically the most fun I've ever had. And I got to do a lot of crazy, fun stuff with running. But riding across the U.S. on a bike is the coolest thing. just something you know you when you're only going 15 miles an hour you really take it all in and when you're solo like i was i had to stop at stores and depend on people to get fluids and food and uh people were so nice to me it was unbelievable people offered me money when i i said no i got money i'm good (laughs) i get my credit card i got money no no we'll give you money you're (laughs) all by yourself I go no and people offered me a place to stay. And I said, no, I got my hotel already paid. I'm good. It was amazing to me. I had that the whole way. I remember one point I was in Wyoming and it really warmed up. And I had a stretch of like 70 miles where there was no food or water. I was on this, you know, abandoned road for a while. And I finally get to the town and I'm like, man, I got to get some fluid in me. I walk into the store to get some gatorade and some snacks and the guy i must have looked pretty bad guys like hey it's warm out there why don't you relax a little in my office and uh the air conditioning is on you can just sit there so i went in his office and the books are there he's got his cash bag there all the money and everything he didn't care to close the door and put me in there and just amazing. Went out and did his you know tended to his store and then Came in like 20 minutes later check on me how you doing oh man this was great i'm ready to go <laughs> <laughs> i mean like seriously like, like that's I'm so total cool stranger. and the guy yeah pe- people just i guess you look like a trusting soul when all you have is a bike and nothing else yep and yeah, when so, they don't yeah. you're riding cross country you're like they're like hey this is cool that reminds just, me of yeah. um
0: of Ricky Gates, do you know Ricky, the Solomon runner? He just did a project called Transamericana, where he ran from the South through Midwest, but he ran, you know, just a bag and a couple cameras. He's Uh an ultra runner, but he did it right after the 2016 election and he wanted to reconnect kind of with America and have those experiences, you know, And, and you maybe if that wasn't even your intention, there there's got to be this great like oh, realization of that there are so many different parts of america but sometimes in so many similarities that we just get caught up now on on our differences or something like that it's been spinning around in my head a lot but it's made me want to get out to other parts of the united states
2: i always wanted to do it again after i did it because i did it before this thing called the internet was around and before (laughs) cell phones were around because now i mean like god you think you're going the wrong way you just get out your phone and And all of a sudden this little thing beeps where you are. Like I was, you know, trusting on maps that I had and all that kind of stuff. That's uh, right.
1: And yeah, communication it's kind, of, it's kind, of, kind of cheating now, you know.
2: Yeah. Like communication I would uh I would finish and I'd call my girlfriend and at the time and I'd get one of those cards out where you dial the eight hundred number and then punch in all your numbers that are on your calling card and all that kind of stuff. I yeah. would just call her and say, Hey, I'm safe in the hotel <laughs> They would call some other people, like my parents, wanted to know I was safe every night. That kind of stuff. Oh, that's great. People worried about me. I never worried about myself. I, could, I couldn't understand that. I felt like, you know, I felt so free out there. I never thought of people worrying about me until I got home, and then they really did. It. They were so glad I called every night because they were worried <laughs> about me. That's
1: but, great. You know. At J T, you may you bring up an interesting point, like in terms of like getting out there. Like Bart's talking about his story and, and going across country about this idea of connecting back to community and the kind of the importance of of uh, like a shared experience that that people have. And and maybe the the idea Bart is like, regardless of where you go, regardless if you run, um, you know, two o five or three o five or four o five for for a marathon, it's still twenty six. yeah (laughs) Yeah. 605 whatever it is it's still it's still 26.2 and and you can you can share that experience uh, wherever you are Um, and i'm I'm curious like just like what sort of uh what sort of inspiration do you get from all the other folks that you talk about when they're sharing their stories with you i mean you've got a ton of really great ones but i'm sure you've heard maybe a couple in your day
2: oh man a couple uh, you know thousands. I mean, the stories are out there. And that's that's what I loved about uh, my job at Runner's World, because I could ask somebody, like, okay, how did you get into running? What got you here? What, you know, what inspired you? And I was listening to those stories all the time. And I used to bring, you know, a lot of stories that would end up in Runner's World and end up in the books we produced at Runner's World were not always stories I worked on, but it was, I found the idea and found the person and connected the dots, and then it became a story. And that was That's always cool. fun to do because there's so many people that don't think their life is a story and i'm like wait a minute this is a serious story and uh you know i connect with Amby burfoot who was the editor for many years and then david willie and then they would come just stories and i just loved when they connected communities and uh like i did this piece running with the amish i mean i grew up in pennsylvania the largest amish community in the world is 70 miles away And I was always intrigued by the Amish. How do they, you know, don't have cars and don't have electricity and don't have running water? How do these people do this stuff, you know, in in modern times? And, uh, you know, how they would farm with just a Belgian horse and some young guy strapped to this horse and just, you know, plowing the field and stuff. I was always intrigued, but I was always respectful of their privacy. So I'd always watch at a distance and, Great place to go out and do a bike ride and see all the Amish farms. And Then I get this message from this Mennonite guy saying the Amish want to run with me. I'm like, what <laughs> Amish want to run with me? What are you talking about? He said, oh, we got this hardcore group of like a half a dozen Amish. And they I think they got potential and they want to pick your brain and run with you. So, you know, I pick this, I pick an evening, they run at night. Uh, they love to run under a full moon. So mm. we met on like a Wednesday night. We're gonna run 10 miles under the full moon, but half hour after sunset. And man, these guys could run. I was amazed. And they picked the course. We just run one Amish farm to another over these hills. It was just incredible. I had no idea, and I'm pretty good with directions, but I had no idea where we were because mm. they just went from farm to farm, and the Amish don't have fencing, except where their animals are. So they have fences really close to the house where they keep their animals, but most of the fields are just wide open. So we just, one farm field after the other, and then we get back to Jacob's barn at the end of 10 miles, and they fire up coffee and homemade ice cream. It's like 11.30 at night. I love it. We're drinking coffee and, yeah, and ice cream, yeah. That was their big party, you know I mean? they tons of ice cream not not <laughs> one little cup of ice cream and we drank coffee like it was water it was unbelievable and then uh they told me oh this was so much fun you have to come back but i but in my head i thought okay i'll come back but i made one rule that they talked some women into joining us that are you know some of the amish women they kind of looked at me and they got men and I got, I got in touch with me like two months later he said okay we're on again and there's going to be some women there so sure enough we uh i'm running with amish women they got a cotton dress on from their literally from their neck to their ankles wow and they got finally on and we're out there running and uh same thing we did a different course but i never knew where we were all i know is we're in an amish farm and you go over this hill and that hill everything looks the same and we get up on this hill and these amish women realize where jacob's barn was and they're like oh they said like we finished right there at jacob's barn they took off and left me in the dust i could not believe how fast they could run and then and the guys were way ahead of me and uh that's when i realized they really do have potential and then yeah they're training oh yeah and then they got serious they all Qualified for Boston and went to Boston and all ran fast oh that's amazing and then they started a race that now gets you know like fifteen hundred runners and it benefits their fire company and it's really cool what happened and now when I go out there there's the race that they put on there's like four hundred Amish that run it so it went from a handful of runners to four hundred which is a lot in that community wow and they do it all to just be healthy and to share the, the joy with with each other I mean can a story get any better? Like a whole community. No, oh, it doesn't. Uh, it's the purity yeah, of
0: it. But I do have some questions about that race. Are they allowed to have automatic timing, or is, is everything being oh, yeah, written they, down by hand?
2: No, they, yeah, no, they. Yeah, live, uh, they, hire, uh, they hire a race director and a timer, but they really do the Amish stuff, like uh whoopie pies or these junk. They're kind of junk food stuff. They have whoopie pies, but the eight stations that you come to are all Amish. uh and your water and fluids and they uh you get a horseshoe when you're finished which is your finisher medal. they That's really cool. do it right yeah that is cool that go by, when the horse and buggies go by the horses drop a lot of crap on the road and <laughs> they affectionately call them road apples oh so yeah they tell, so they they announce at the start of the race don't eat the road apples <laughs> for you city folks it's so funny <laughs> And then the road apple thing became such a big deal they have a race in the spring and a race in the fall and if you do both you get a plaque with road apples and it's the real stuff like they pick it up off the road and they put some <laughs> kind of stuff on it that it lasts and i'll never forget they, oh, yeah. they asked me you they gotta said, preserve Bert. your apple yeah they yeah. said bart you gotta you do the award ceremony and let's start it off with the road apples you get all it and it was just a list alphabetically that they gave me and I call out these names and these people come up and the first guy that came up, he was like he was a big guy. He was never gonna win win an award in any race. And he said, I'll call my wife. This is going on our mail. I'll get the horse <laughs> if she doesn't, if she doesn't want me to put it on our mail. I was dying. have Horse poop on the wall. <laughs> yeah, he, I said, You better check with her before you get too serious about like nailing it into the wall or the mantle. He was he was so excited about that award. It was so much fun. But stuff like that always always happened to me. And then as you guys know the the, the stories that just break your heart uh, people overcome so much, you know, cancer and stuff I I, I can picture it like today when I met this woman, Amy Downs, and uh she was an overweight, obese actually woman. And she was in the Oklahoma City bombing. She was in the building. bomb goes off. She was covered in basically entombed and I mean, I just can't imagine being buried alive, but she was buried alive, but she was Leonard just had a little pocket to breathe. She was covered in concrete, and they found her and got her out before she died. Hmm. and she realized, man, I got a second chance on life. I'm changing my lifestyle. Wow. i could be this obese person she starts running marathons after they launched the oklahoma city marathon i mean you can't you can't make you can't that right start. you can't make that no up. no it's... And she uh i mean when you see amy she has physical scars from what she went through but i can't imagine a mental scar she has that she has to overcome because i mean is there anything worse than being buried alive no i mean one minute you're sitting at your desk working but you know the the, th- the thing that uh when i first heard her story that the first responders told her that if she wasn't as big as she was she probably would not have lived because the all the stuff laying on her would have crushed her body but she was a big woman she was able to stay alive for as long as it took to the first responders dug her out uh but now she's you know uh it's just amazing to those kind of stories just touch me. That I just I just can't believe what people overcome, and yeah. then uh, say, "Oh yeah, not that no, no, I'm alive and I'm, I'm gonna lose weight, I'm gonna run a marathon." Like, okay, how, how do you think like that? Like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> you know, it it, it <laughs> amazes me how many people literally got a second chance on life and turn to running to keep them alive, and that happens yeah, a lot of times.
1: Suicide. Yeah, just- I'm just remembering too this has been this is about uh this year i think is the 20th anniversary of the oklahoma city marathon like yeah years. was
2: it bigger or 25 or 20, i can't remember but yes yeah, because the marathon launched uh yeah it must have been 20 years marathon launched a few years after the bombing right. happened yeah, yeah. and wow. uh you know it's been such it's the biggest fundraiser for the memorial and uh it's such a connection and i'm telling you at the start on the 168 people that lost their life that day in the building they do do this 168 seconds silence powerful and you can hear a pin drop for 168 seconds and as you guys know to keep runners quiet for 168 seconds especially right before a race when those it's like impossible but it happens at that race and they do a little uh they do a little prayer at this tree this this the building fell down and this one tree survived they don't know how that's cool and so they always do a prayer there and a little ceremony it's just it's it's pretty moving i always i go to yeah. that race a lot and i always say it's one of those events that really connect with what the race is all about and what it benefits and you physically see it because you start that's right cool. at the memorial yeah it's a yeah. it's a special race and amy's story just Touch it. I just uh can't believe what she's overcome. And you would never know. She would never say, Oh this happened, you know. She just looks like every know. other runaround. What's that So day, we've
0: you and I have experienced a couple of special races, and you reminded me that it's been eleven years that we've known each other, not five years yeah. that I just flippantly <laughs> said last week on Instagram live by just making up yeah. the shit. But eleven uh, years ago, we started going to the Kauai Marathon. Oh my Actually, God, yeah. It this little uh, clock here that i keep by my desk yep yep i got the same clock clock
2: Um,
0: in my kitchen yeah and a number of medals and pieces but 11 years ago and i was still running the marathon at the time i think when you first started uh, yeah you won the marathon the
2: first
0: year i won the marathon the first year and then i've graduated to doing awards with you i think so that's (laughs) and being able to take a little more of a back seat but josh i we Loves Kauai. He loves the island. Right. We have to get him
2: out there
0: for the next Kauai marathon when oh, we bring that
2: thing back. life we oh, gotta come. It, it is such a special weekend. It's such a hard course, uh, but it doesn't matter. It's such a beautiful yep. course.
1: You know what I'm. You know what I'm actually most excited about about the whole thing is the fact that every time JT goes, he plays golf with you.
2: Oh and yeah
1: and that is that is uh that's got to be the highlight i mean forget the race let's talk oh, about yeah. let's talk about you guys on yeah. the golf course right this
2: this golf course that's attached to the hyatt and it's right near where all the race festivities start yeah, yeah. the expo and everything right there it's a poop? beautiful course yeah. Right Poi 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 Poi. Yeah, yeah it used to be on the pga tour
0: yep. tiger to woods there. won it a number of times i think
1: yeah I, yeah, yeah. I, know nice. I know it i know it yeah
2: yeah yeah, when you go there, they have the plaque of all the winners. They have yet to put JT and Bardiasso in that plaque. But that is. <laughs> Co- collectively, <laughs> you, know, you guys have both
1: on. found a way to lose. <laughs> yes, that...
2: yeah, But just uh, stuff like that, you know, that, that's what it's all about. Like the running yep. stuff is so cool and connecting with people is so cool. But the other stuff you get to do, JT is always surfing. So I'm shocked that we get to go golf. He gives up the I surf. Am. I get a lot of out time in the
0: water. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. But it is, it's the people, it's the things you do all around that race, right? It's the few days yeah. before, it's that right. you and I got to meet each other, it's that moment right before the start line where they're doing a Hawaiian blessing and maybe oh, yeah. nine out of ten years of like a light rainfall has started right when they're yeah. blowing the seashell horns right. and like a moments and feelings that you can't conjure up just by saying, oh, I'm going to go away for this weekend i'm gonna go yeah. you know i'm gonna go on this little vacation it's the ceremony and the the prestige of, of these different marathons and Kauai is very local it's it's got hula dancers and and taiko drums on on the course it's it is Kauai. Yeah. it's a local
2: people come out when we go through a little neighborhood around mile 10.
0: oh yeah omau road Omao right Road, there.
2: and we turn on that road that's the same people that are sitting out in front of our houses every year like year after year it's awesome I know when i turned out i go okay this guy's gonna be sitting right here and sure That's enough right. he's right there
0: he's it's got his truck on just
2: he's got his music local. going in the back of the
0: truck his feet yeah. on a cooler and yeah. he's you know it's an excuse for it? him to get the beers going
2: early uh yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they work crazy and they love us and like it doesn't get any better than that and i uh took that so we didn't have it this year and uh and couldn't join me in 2019. So 2018, I took my better half, Ann and her daughter. And that trip changed their life. I mean, they just fell in love with Hawaii. They fell in love with, you know, just going to the beach where you can just see a, yeah. a you know, a seal, like a monk seal laying on the beach, sunning itself. And then we'd go at sunrise every morning and watch the turtles head. Uh, at sunrise, they head back in. And then we'd go at sunset and watch the turtles come out. And that's a. It happens right around the weekend that the marathon happens. The turtles are always coming. It's something with the water temperature. They come and out so they spend the whole night your... on the beach and then they go back in. And, you know, Anne would talk to the turtles like they understood her. I'm like, God, I don't think they you. <laughs> maybe she can. So, <laughs> so when she couldn't join me in 2019 because of work stuff, it just didn't work out, and I would FaceTime. The turtles coming out and going back in. She was talking to them like they knew her. Like, oh yeah, I remember that turtle. I'm like, I don't think, I don't know if there was the same exact hey, turtle. turtle. But hey, look at that, Steve. <laughs> still. It's uh, that, that's the beauty of Kauai. I mean, it gets that kind of it, system. Yeah. Imagine. A, a it's a
1: pretty easy sell. Pretty easy sell, if you ask me. Yeah. It's not. It's not like. It's not like you're really. You're really uh, stretching to get folks to enjoy once they're there, it's uh, just making the commitment to get out there, and then once yeah. you're there, and, right, it's not gonna be a bad time.
2: And you can run faster than you think on these courses. I mean, they are tough courses, but Tyler McCandless has run fast in the half in the marathon, and uh, Rich, the race timing, oh, God, Rich has run fast in the half marathon.
0: Yeah, Rich right? Hanna, former Rich US 100
2: oh, yeah. yeah, Rich yeah. Hanna is yeah. such a stud runner. He's he's one of my idols. Uh, I gotta Rich say though,
1: just, that's, do you think that's the race part? Sorry to interrupt. Do you think nah. that's the race that you want to run fast, or you're just like, look, I am, I'm just out here. Well, I'm gonna milk this and just like chill boat. out, yeah. man. This is like beautiful. Roads are closed. Right. It's just me. You know, Rich
2: and Tyler McCandless have never run a race where they haven't run on the edge of death. Yeah, so that's all they know. <laughs> but but you're yeah, right, John. A, a lot of people do go out there and they take pictures. And when we get to the rainbows, they take more pictures and. So yeah. there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of ways just to take it all in.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. And just
2: make it a joy. And I think that's the way to do it cuz especially you know if you're not if you really want to be a tourist in Kauai and get the most out of Kauai and see most of the island, you're better off doing the half cuz you don't get totally wiped out and be a tourist run the half, be a tourist oh, again really. before you head back home. And then
0: um, Ooh, and I've got a I've got a shameless plug for Kauai so in the absence of the actual marathon, and you know, a lot of events are trying to stay on their feet and keep yeah. keep people working and keep staffers working and race directors. Yeah, and, uh, we've come up with some virtual events at Run Local that have been pretty cool, with the California Challenge and our, our California Coast 500. But Kauai is going to be doing uh, a Kauai, a 100 mile Kauai challenge. So yeah. uh, about all the way around the circumference of Kauai right. is, is at about 100 miles. Now. You can only do about 90 or 87 of that or something typically but we just right. made up the last 13.
2: and yeah, uh, well, the, uh the napoli like coast a, is like a, literally like a wall yeah. yeah yeah when you come into the napoli coast from both ways there's no way around. it's not really going to happen
0: you got to swim yeah. the last 13. uh but otherwise do it virtually but check out kawaii marathon <laughs> uh they're they're gonna do a yeah, uh, 100 indeed. mile challenge which is pretty cool yeah, way that
2: when to the race family. didn't happen in september but 2020, we launched virtual, and it was popular because people want the beautiful stuff that we had, and, uh, and people realized I got to support this race because I want it to stick around.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what's interesting? I was just talking to uh, a buddy of mine from uh, from Dublin, Ireland, and mm-hmm. he was asking about. Um, I think he was he was planning to do an event, and and I think it's going to get canceled. At least he's he's like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. And and he's saying, hey, do you know any like virtual races? And I, I, you know, I was telling him about the like the San Jose series, and he was curious yeah. about the um, uh, the one around uh, St. Patrick's Day, being in Dublin, all that good stuff. And he's, he's asking me like, well, what do you, what do you think about the the virtual events? And I gotta admit, like, I did the um, run the one, JT. Right. Uh, yeah that one and it was actually it was actually really engaging relative to what i thought it was was going to be like and it was cool you had like the leaderboards and you had your groups and you kind of like a little bit of like trash talking within within your groups that sort of thing too (laughs) yeah important but it was but the crazy thing to me like all that aside is it actually created a little bit of this uh sense of community that is so often associated with Seeing We're people up. in person that you get to kind of go through that similar experience because everybody you know is going to go out there and have to run the same distance regardless. Yeah. And that's like that's cool on it on 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 its own the virtual events and just the, the advocacy of this, but it also got me thinking about this this kind of disconnect between uh like the, how pro runners and amateur runners and sort of like sure. thinking that pro runners are so much different than amateur runners when really they're just they're doing the same activity. They just happen to have a little bit more focus to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, Bart, have you seen anything over the years about the shift of how pro runners have become more or less accessible to to the to yeah. the general population and the importance of that for sure. the community?
2: Yeah, a lot of pro runners get it. And they have been uh very encouraging and supportive of the what we used we always refer to as the back of the pack or the middle of the pack. Uh, because I think they finally realized, uh, I mean, I've been hammering at home for a while. It's not that these people don't train. It's not that they're not yeah. trying. They may not have the physical ability or they may have overcome something. So you never know why someone's out there for six hours on a marathon. You know, sometimes what they do is really quite amazing when you find out their story and what they've overcome. And I think it's so easy to be a runner and finish your race and then go get your award and prize money and then you know get a cup of coffee and we're out of here but when you really stick around that finish line you really uh you really get to see some of these stories and understand why they've been out there that long they really have trained hard but they've overcome a lot or it's just people you know they're going to do a marathon in all 50 states you know and it's two year three year window so you know they can't run all out at every single one so they kind of sparse out their energy that they can do it and accomplish the goal and that's kind of cool stuff to do so i think a lot of the pro runners are really figuring out why these people are back there and they really are part of the community and yeah and it really is helpful yeah. when you when you mentioned dublin i remember i run the dublin parathon and
1: of course forget. you did of course you <laughs> did yes, 200, shot, we're 200 meters into, the, into
2: a marathon and the and all the irish are out there's such a friendly group of people they're like well done lad well done i'm like well done I still got 26.1 to go. But, but I like that they're telling me I, I, it's well done when you just make it 200 meters. Well, getting to the, the starting to be, line is half the battle, right? So to be the, fair, right?
1: yeah. To be fair, getting to that starting line and getting – get, it's like getting out the door for your run. Once you you got to get yeah, your shoes well on. That's done. the toughest part. Well, well done. Well done. <laughs> well done.
2: Well done. That's
0: what you heard the whole time. But you know when Josh, Have you run that one you've been to Dublin a ton of times you work there yeah the... yeah
1: yeah I've been to Dublin and Ireland a, a, a bunch um, but uh, I have not run I have not run the Dublin Marathon. it's, it's ah, kind of on my stuff. it's on my list. I've Ooh. been there um, I landed one year uh, landed uh, as the marathon was finishing and so ah, I get into, okay. I get into the city change and so, so it's like you know I get in the city change and then start to go for my run and realize that like all this infrastructure's up. And the city's still kind of closed down, but there's just yeah. you know like they're still cleaning it up, and uh, I start going through my run, and I'm going on the closed streets because it's closed. And, right. Yeah. And I figured like, well, why not use why not use the streets, and folks are they're no longer saying well done, and they're ridiculing me for missing the race. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> look at you! Oh, come on! And they're you know they're yeah, already already celebrating on the. It, the like pints. Yeah, well they're out there, fun. they're out there on the sidewalk like walking around. They've had a few pints already, and they're and they're like right. waving their finisher medals, like, are you missing something? Ooh, <laughs> oh my god. That's
2: that's funny. Oh,
1: Josh, it was amazing.
2: When you talk about the virtual races, I had so many runners reach out to me and they were anti-virtual races when the pandemic first started. And then <laughs> and then was their
1: plan? a month
2: later they were emailing me, Get us more virtual races. This is the most fun I ever had. Because I really I would do a lot of uh videos and stuff with races and talk about how to do a virtual race give people tips on and you can basically you're doing your race but helping whatever race it is oklahoma city marathon or Kauai. but you can do stuff that you can't do in a normal race like you that's can, exactly it yeah you you can set up a finisher tape you win because no one else ran the course you ran and you, can, uh, <laughs> you won that one you know yeah. you, know, you carry all your kids across the finish line or whatever you want to do you know there's stuff right. in a race you can't do because there's other people in the race and you got to yeah. be respectful but when it's you doing your own virtual race you can go crazy now i when ann and i my better half ann and i did the Kauai. uh we did it in maryland and uh we had a nice course set up this loop course and stuff out there and Ann's faster than i am so she was finished and you know i come in and she knew right where i was going to finish and she came out with drinks for me and hawaiian music playing on her oh, phone that's and you know give me a big hug the minute i finished and i was like you know if we were in hawaii couldn't do it do this and you know that's right have the person that you love the most greet you at the finish line i mean it was it was pretty cool I, I, that is cool. virtual and i see this that races that are going to go back to being live are going to keep offering a virtual segment because so many people enjoyed that and you know you still get the swag and you know for a lot of people you don't have to do the travel and you know so and and i think people are going to be freaked out in the beginning of when all this stuff happens you know they're saying freaked out like they're not going to be comfortable around big crowds for a while so i think yeah. for races that keep a virtual option which obviously you know is going to be a Small part of the big picture, but it still offers people something, and I think it's, I think it's really cool to do. I'm happy races are looking at it like that and still connecting with people. Yeah, we're. It it really changed the way we think about it. I got my first vaccine shot two days ago. Uh, I got the Moderna. Yes. Yeah. So I go back on February 24th for my second shot, and I just got in because I was, I am a senior citizen. They had the Healthcare workers, and then they went 75 and over, and then they went. Any senior citizen or older can go. And, uh, it's, you'll be back
1: uh, to you'll be back to licking uh, escalator rails yeah, and yeah, uh, kissing stuff. shopping carts in no time.
2: Got, but it really is like one of those things that uh, when you realize we are really going in the right direction right now. So I think our sport is really going to come back and. Uh, you know, when I when I meet these people that do a ton of marathons, I thought, okay, somebody's going to do the six world majors are in six weeks. They're, I all, know, like, they're all just and locked in. Week window. Like, someone's going to
1: knock I'm that same, out. Someone's uh, going to some, knock that out. Boston and
2: Chicago are the same weekend. Yeah, there's a back-to-back game. Yeah, someone's going to do all six. Now, I don't know, logistically, if you get entered in all six and the travel and uh, someone's got to have some money. Someone's got to be ready to travel, but I guarantee you somebody's going to do it. Uh, And I think a fair amount of people are going to do the Chicago-Boston double. Yeah, that double.
1: I saw something about it.
0: I think you got to go to Boston. You got to pick up your bib on Friday in Boston. Then you got to go to Chicago that night, pick up your bib for Chicago on Saturday. Saturday. Run wow. that, or you already have your bib to get ready to fly back for Monday morning.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you're running <laughs> like, like if you're running under four hours, you could probably get to the airport right away and easily get to Boston by three in the afternoon and pick up your number. So, I mean,
1: uh, to be it.
2: comfortable, if you did go to Boston first and get your number, you'd really be at ease because then yeah. you just have to get to Boston. You can actually get there in the morning, actually on Monday.
1: That's
2: right. <laughs> I want to see really
1: someone have. bike from Chicago to Boston and then do the race, like get done. <laughs> Bart, that's that has I, you written all over it.
2: That has me written all over, but I can do stuff. Run Chicago,
1: hop on bike the bike to
2: Boston. Yeah, so. but I it's believe so if, there, if there is this person that's going to do all six, they are going to be the most famous person in running. That's not an elite runner. That's not name mev or ryan or sarah or, or rachel right. <laughs> they are really going to be a famous individual because that's, that's pretty cool to think of and who would have thought that they would align like that six it's going to be a, well, it's going to be a wild
0: year
1: well you got the you got the games uh in august too right or late july late um, july
0: to august Late july in 8th. august i believe yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: so so i mean if you're you're lucky enough to run the game. You can get you can get seven of these bad boys in.
0: Do them all. Touch them all. Yeah. So
1: we all right. talked about
0: virtual runs. We talked about, but we're also seeing these like, um, you know, almost like made for TV, uh, you know, runs coming up. With yeah, yeah. Kind of where people are just creating events so that they can keep the sport alive and pieces. So, uh, Soul Focus Sports, our production company, produced the Hoka One One Project Carbon X this weekend yeah. when we were in Arizona. And trying to get Jim Walmsley and others to try to break this hundred K world record. Walmsley is a stud beyond studs. Oh my gosh, he's a machine. He's a superhuman. He's yeah, got well, I... blood running down his arm. He's running through walls. Uh yeah, wh- wh- what was, it, JT? was that? JT. Second short.
1: Did you guys did you guys put up that fencing that he ran into? Or is that that's probably somebody else? That was permanent
0: fencing. That that permanent was a mis- <laughs> <number>. runner's world. <laughs> and runners of the world never would have made this mistake when Bart was working there, but they said it was from a, a sign on the course. It was not a sign uh, on the course. No, it was a permanent yeah. fence that is always there. Jim ran into that fence. I'm yeah. taking heat from it for a course sign that cut Jim's arm.
2: I had nothing wow. to do with it. And I'm sure Jim would be the first to tell you what, what it really was. But that <laughs> well, guy, it, I
1: but, mean... But that, that makes it so much of a better picture, right? Like, yeah, rough. if you've got... It looks like you it looks like you got... Let's see, he got like stabbed on the way to a 100k record attempt uh um, yeah exactly we need more
2: blood and tears so he yeah, missed exactly. the world record by 12 seconds he did yep. set the american record but he also averaged, <laughs> yeah he averaged 557 per mile for 62 miles people people thought i had my numbers wrong when i got that out there i so, said no 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 it's correct he ran 557 Per mile for
1: 62 miles unbelievable i i ran 556 for 10 yesterday and was, it was really
0: cool it was cool to be part of yep yeah. yep and so, as, as an events team we were just so happy to be working you know to be back out right. there putting on events and seeing people running going for it so for us it was a a breath of fresh air and we're hoping yeah. it kind of like gets people you know we, we got to start having small events again or at least small right. run groups and then 100 person trail races or something and then maybe it's 500 uh-huh. We it's not gonna go zero to forty-five thousand no. at New York City.
1: And we almost need on. these
0: like prep opportunities to get right. to do it right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah like it, a little, little is... proof of concept, right? Like a proof of yeah. concept where you're just going like, yeah. I gotta I gotta play around with some things, get some things right, not get anybody sick, get some things Help wrong. Check-in,
0: spreading right. out. I mean, we did a thousand plus COVID tests for this event for wow. um three per staffer and athlete, and then one on the way out. So we made sure you weren't sick right. going back into your communities. But a 1,000 tests that Hoka, which is amazing dedication to keeping everyone healthy and right. doing it right, like from the brand. But it's, that's not easy, and that's not sustainable for
1: yeah. New York City. How do, you, how, do you put that, how do you put that in a volunteer sign-up? Like, hey, I need you to do a 1,000 nasal swabs. You game? Uh, yeah. Like, oh, I'll take I'll take the 3 a.m. shift for that.
2: Well, they were really in the bubble. You know, because other sports have created these bubbles, and that's how they keep everyone together and make sure they're all tested and they're all safe. But in running, that's a lot harder to do. You guys did an incredible job to create. That's a big bubble. ass bubble. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> 60 miles of bubble. <laughs> yeah, but when you think of the London Marathon course or the Boston Marathon course, point to point, now you're talking a bubble that's 26 miles long. Right. And you got to transfer. Whatever thirty thousand, like Boston, oh, yeah. thirty thousand people
0: out there and gathering the, And yeah. buses. Every, and everything changes. So, Volunteer protocols change. Yep. You're not yep. touching anything. It was like a we're trying to tell volunteers right. usually you're holding this cup and handing water. It's like put the thing down and don't touch it again. Get away from it. <laughs> it's now their yeah, water I, bottle. It's everything I changes.
2: Runners like, are going like, to learn to be more self-sufficient. You know, sounds fast, good to fast, me. Fast As a race director,
0: sounds good to me. Take <laughs> yeah. care of yourself
2: fast runners always make fun of me because i now i always carry my phone when i run but i love it i don't even know my phone's there i got it in my spy belt i don't even know it's there but it for me it's a safety thing and i love it and it's not just safety for me like you could come up, upon someone that fell or had some medical condition you can save their life by calling 911. i love having my phone for safety reasons yeah, and then, yeah, and yeah. the same with, you know, I've always been someone that carries food and water with me. And now more runners are going to do that. Because, you know, you do say you're doing a half marathon, there's a good chance you carry a just a hand carry that would get you through the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it. I actually got a full, faster I, spectrum of the race.
1: I got a full sandwich in my beard right now that I like to carry. It's <laughs> delicious. You can uh, it you, nice.
2: you, delicious. Have to go at any time. Oh, oh, go, oh my God, know, here's some of last night's dinner. Oh, good. A
1: cheese, cheese and tomato sandwich right here.
2: I like that job. but I oh, think man. that's you know we we always refer to things as the new norm because the way you know after 9/11 going to the airport things that happened eventually just becomes we're so used yeah. to it it's the the normal thing we don't even think back to the way it used to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah.
2: what's going to happen in running. There's going to be some changes that they're going to do whether it's pulse starts or whatever they're going to do to spread things out, that there's not just this mass of people in one place at all time. And that's what's going to, that's going to be different. People are going to just get used to it and it's going to be normal. Exactly. And we are just going to go with the flow. And runners, you know, as you guys know, they're pretty respectful. Uh, You know, it's going to be 40 years since I did the first Boston Marathon. the first time I ran the Boston Marathon, 40 years ago and you know you think that back then they had bandits because the qualifying times are 250 for men and 320 for women so there were a lot of people that n- never were going to qualify so they ran as bandits but it's the honest god's truth they just stayed back they did not come out into the street until we yeah. were gone and then they came out and started running it's like what other sport people you just say, oh yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm good yeah i'm gonna be that respectful to stand on the side and not get in the way they really did that in the old days now they don't have bandits like the old days because they really do have a different system to keep bandits out i'm sure there's a couple that jump in but but they were you know when i'm talking bandits i'm talking like probably uh, 500 600 people with bandit. i mean you knew because they're at the start and they're dressed in running clothes and you're like okay (laughs) you know but we were all cool with it as long as they let everyone with a bib number start because we qualified and then yeah. they did the right. wrong
1: thing later. I think like you bring up a really interesting point about just the, the self-governance of, uh, of runs and how it leads into the virtual events where it becomes like a source of pride, right? Where, right. where it's, I mean, it's like golf. It's like, you keep your own score, you're not, there's no right. real referees. When you had a game like basketball or football or soccer or whatever it is, I mean, you count, you rely a lot on the referees and some of that uh, that self-governance and 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 pride that you take within the event uh, kind of dissipates. But even now, like in the virtual space, it puts even a, a larger pressure on that, which I find, you know, I find like a good thing. So when folks come back, they're like, oh yeah, well wow. here. You know, I've been I've been doing all this stuff on my own, and I've been you know training and seeing other people do that. Now let's really take a test uh, to see how it right. lines up with a, with a race. But um, you know, so, so I think it's actually I think they are going to live a little bit in tandem, like you were saying. Um, sure. As both of you guys were saying.
2: Yeah, I I one thing I don't I can't figure out what the future is going to hold is what are they going to do with spectators? Like you you know, New York City Marathon like at but mile they're so sixteen hard to they are. They, are, they just oh, come out of their house. Yeah, they come out of their house. You can't tell someone, oh, you're not allowed out of your house today. The New York City Marathon's happening, or the well, they, Boston Marathon. Look what uh, they did
1: you know, it. Look what they did at Tour de Tour de France, uh, Volta de Espana, the Giro, like all of those bicycling races are are on top you know, of the athletes multiple yeah. times right. about that, and they 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 did it. They did a pretty yeah. good job of keeping a lot of spectators. Off. Well, I
2: mean, yeah, they, like. Finishing on mountaintops helps. You can, you know, <laughs> off, but and they, not you know on what? Madison
0: Avenue. But, yeah. But we we
2: wanna work it out and running that people are out there, but I would think a lot of communities aren't gonna want people fifty deep. That's right. uh, you know. Yeah, so probably. I, I don't probably, I don't know what's probably. gonna happen with that side of the sport, but but I think the run, like you guys know, the runners are respectful. They say, Hey, yeah, can not go out to the road till uh, till they call this number and we go out. You know 100 at a time and they're also
0: resilient they're respectful and they're resilient right. and i think what we're all getting to here is that we're starting to see more of it more events right. and more hope and these events start to plan for the fall that i feel like we can be generally confident that they will happen and the right. vaccines coming out you've got one shot of two already yeah. uh, josh has a sandwich in his beard so he's not going to starve so i feel a lot better good. about that
2: yeah but we're good, coming good.
0: up on an hour and i just want to thank you for sharing stories with us and
2: oh thank you guys i love what you're doing i really do it it really keeps our sport connected i can't believe how many people run and listen to podcasts when they're out there running i think it's really cool
1: not our podcast not our podcast other podcasts
2: Oh, i I was shocked i did it one time and i loved it i mean i i I shouldn't say one time i've done it many times the first time i did it i was like this is actually really cool i was entertained the whole time i was out there so it is kind of well, there you uh, go so I, was, I was one of those rare people that never ran with music for like my first 42 years of running i mean never and people like you can actually run without having music i go I, yeah i think i did it about 42 years you can't do it. <laughs> uh, but now i do love it to be honest the it. technology yeah. today the apps the bluetooth and uh you know to have aftershocks where you don't have to have everything in your ears right
1: oh yeah yeah fun. good point yeah good point yeah. love it, it.
0: Cool. Well, Bart, we're never going to limit where running can take us, took us to the next level. All
2: right. I love
0: it. We're going to have, um, I might even make you host a podcast on the on the Run Local Network sometime. You I'll can, you, I bet you have a legendary Rolodex of guests in there. In, uh, I could in get, in get us a couple fun guests. That
2: would be pretty cool.
0: That would be but, pretty cool. We'll be in touch. We didn't touch on that right. part. All right. I love it. Uh, Josh. It's good to see your face again. Josh
2: yeah, is my idol, even
0: today. <laughs> he um, was my you, idol. He's yeah, now your
1: current idol. Yeah. Yes. He is well, my there you go. Just, just pass <laughs> me around. J- that's, Jt that's...
2: used to be my idol. Just so you
1: know. <laughs> I love it. I, love well, I look forward. I look forward to catching up in person in Kauai, uh, I love Bart, we'll make it. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll, make, it, we'll no, make it happen. No better
2: place. All
1: right, cool.
0: Nice. Uh, on behalf of so Josh Muxon and Bart Yatso and of course our brand new sponsor josh pacific ridge builders you got a few million dollars lying around pacific ridge is the place to build a commercial building in silicon valley is uh, that, is that really the script crazy. they gave you is that the no sc- i made that up i'm just making has <laughs> it written on a napkin
2: JC there's a lot of napkin uh, notes and napkin,
0: uh, nap- napkin knowledge. He is the best uh, at napkin math. There's nobody uh, like the <laughs> back of the napkin. The whole podcast is written on the back of a napkin. All right. Uh, check out runlocalevents.com for everything else. Josh, I'll talk to you next time. Bart, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys. Hey,
2: guys. Peace out.